Welcome to the Warrior Women Project podcast, helping you become a warrior woman, sort your shit, and find better balance in your life. Welcome to another episode of the Warrior Women Project. This is Jen, the Warrior Woman here, and I have another interview. Um, today I have got Hula Hoop and Hannah. Um, I know Hannah through a business network online and I've been following her work and I'm very interested in the kind of things she did. I even did her four-week hula hooping online course, which was fantastic and so much fun, although I did nearly break some um, bits of my room. Um, but, you know, it's it's all fun and games. So, Hannah, how are you today? Oh, hello. Well, thank you for um, thinking of me and having me <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's all really good at the moment, and yeah, uh, yeah I mean, obviously, it's it's great to be able to chat to you and all your listeners. Yeah. So why don't you not like, tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do? Okay, so well, I'm <laughs> known as Hula Hannah mainly by <laughs> most of the kids that I teach, but my name's actually Hannah Murphy. Um, I'm a mum of three, and I'm based on the south coast, so sort of between Southampton and Portsmouth area. Um, so I teach hula hooping, <laughs> and that's what I've been doing for probably nearly well, coming up for six years now, actually. Um, started out as a fitness instructor, teaching aerobics in gyms, and then sort of fell into hula hooping after I had my second child because I was looking for a way to tone up try and lose that baby bulge and nothing was really working for me so I was just googling one day trying to find everything I could online um and then this workout came up with uh, someone hula hooping and I was like ah right I'm gonna try this <laughs> so ordered myself a hula hoop and yeah it all kind of went from there really and obviously it tied in with the fact that I was teaching already um but as time went on I gave up teaching the other um classes that I was doing at the time and just focused on hula hooping because actually it's quite a niche thing but because it was so niche I was getting enough work coming through that I you know I could leave the other stuff which actually I wasn't really enjoying anymore mm. um, and I began teaching adults mainly in my local church hall <laughs> um, and then got invited into my daughter's school one day to do a kids workshop and it all kind of went from there with the kids thing really because obviously kids just love anything don't they like anything that they've got like a prop something to play with um it kind of keeps them focused so um you know hula hoops are known as kids toys aren't they they're in toy shops so they're seen as toys and so yeah it all kind of went from there and that was gosh yeah that was about four years ago that was when I first started teaching kids um from my daughter's school and then from there we've gone to, we're now in, coming up for our 16th school we've got now um, across the Hampshire area. So I've got 16 schools that we all teach in. I've got other teachers now that obviously work for me because I can't teach every single one of the classes myself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's all a bit manic, but I'm doing something I really love doing. So it's all good. Yeah. And have you, is there something squeaking in the background? Like, have you got a bird? No, no. Okay, there's a little bit of a squeak coming through here, and I'm like trying to work out where it's coming from. My birds in my house. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Um, so when we were chatting before we started recording, you were saying about having a pilot's license. 
how did yeah. that how did that come about <laughs> okay so pre-children um <laughs> I was cabin crew so I worked from the age of 18 it was my first full-time job actually was yep. um, working as cabin crew so I worked for a regional UK airline to begin with I did that for three and a half years and um that's all me moved I, I lived in the Channel Lines for a little while I lived in Paris for a little while I was seconded out to Air France working for them and obviously just getting that aviation buzz um when you're kind of in that you know you're you're getting opportunities to sit on the jump seat um I remember landing into Paris uh one night um I was able to sit on the jump seat and just watching the pilots you know just seeing that view as well with the Eiffel Tower um as you're landing into Paris and I was just thinking this is amazing um you know this 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 must be really rewarding like I didn't feel particularly <laughs> um that working as cabin crew was a you know it was it was it was great the people were great but actually you know serving tea and coffee to people wasn't that rewarding you know yeah. especially when they're rude to you because they're delayed or something you know yeah. it just wasn't great <laughs> yeah and I kind of wanted a little bit more really um yeah. so yeah I basically I looked into <clears throat> how much it would cost to get my pilot's license first of all and oh my god like 50 grand like I was like that's not gonna happen I'm not yeah. I don't have um but there was a flying school uh at the airport where I was working so I went in and I just thought you know what I'm just gonna have just a lesson I'm just gonna have one lesson see see what I think um and obviously I absolutely loved it and they basically said look you know you can you don't have to have 50 grand up front to do this first yep. of all you can start with your private license and that still costs about five grand but you don't have to pay all of that up front you know you can you know worked out like a basic like a payment plan um and at the time had no other commitments I lived at home with my parents um didn't have kids at that point so yeah yeah, you know um it's an investment um and the airline I was working for at the time can you hear that (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a bed but I don't know maybe one somewhere on the lane (laughs) (laughs) uh what was I saying so yeah um started out at the bottom with it so um as I say like started with my private license and um the airline I was working for at the time they offered sponsorships for um pilot sponsorships basically and obviously being female kind of made you stand out a little bit because there you know at the time there wasn't that many female pilots there's still not that many um so I applied for that and got halfway through the process of it and then um something happened like in a relate the relationship I was in at the time um kind of went into a little bit of bad period so it, it basically it didn't happen yeah um I actually moved airlines I went to carry on as worked as cabin crew but I went to Japan Airlines um which amazing opportunity because I got to see Japan I got to learn to speak Japanese and I was still in that aviation thing so I hadn't given up on that pilot thing and I was still carrying on with my with trying to get my pilot's license um but obviously that opportunity had gone to work you know for the sponsorship basically for the yeah. airline not having before um and then found myself pregnant so with my first child and so yeah obviously then that was another thing that put that on the back burner <laughs> um I had my daughter and went on maternity leave I went back to flying as cabin crew for 
Japan Airlines for the next year part-time but being obviously away still and having a baby was not easy yeah. <laughs> um and then partner I was with her father at the time he he left me so again I was like oh, do you know what this is <laughs> something's not meant to be here yeah. um <laughs> You know, like I had, I made, got made redundant as well. It was in 2010. So the recession hit. So all the airlines um, making redundancy. So yeah. out of, completely out of aviation then. Um, found myself as a single mum, <laughs> um, you know, with this tiny little baby. And I was like, oh my God, like, okay. So, you know, not in a great place. Yeah. But I think something happened. I picked myself up and I, you know, Obviously, it was very bitter at the time because of what had happened in the um, relationship. And I was like, actually, do you know what? Like, you know, when you kind of want to, like, part of you, you kind of not want to get revenge, but you want to, you know, you want to show them basically. And I was like, do you know what? The best revenge for me now is going to be to make a success of my life. So I'm not going to let this bring me down at all. Um, I because I had been made redundant, I got a payout. So I was like, well, what am I going to do with this money? <laughs> Obviously, I've got this child I need to provide for, but that's not, this money isn't that much. So it's not going to really provide for them forever. I need to do something. Yep. Um, so what I did is I used a small portion of the money to retrain as a beauty therapist. And I set up a beauty business on the side, um, which started to provide. And then with the rest of the money, I went out to America and I finished my pilot's license. And I was like, I've got to finish this. Um, I've kind of nearly at the end. I I had to kind of go back a bit because obviously it had been a little while. I had to refresh. I had to redo some of the exams, which was a pain. But, um, you know, I got it. I did it. I finished it. And actually met my husband (laughs) when I was out in America at Pilot College. And um, been with him since now and had a further two children um so he's a trained pilot too and it's quite funny because he actually hasn't pursued it either um there's quite a few reasons that we haven't um mainly because for us now having three children it's important for us to be able to spend you know birthdays christmases um being with our children not missing out on these really special years with them so that's the reason neither of us have actually pursued it because our weekends and evenings with our kids are really important and we know the lifestyle of of being a pilot and working in aviation is not ever going to be um it's not going to give us that quality time with our families so for both of us our goals and dreams have changed i think obviously aviation and flying is still in us but um now our our goal really is to is to have it as a hobby and be able to go out at, at weekends and and fly to france for lunch or something with our kids oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know not just me my husband's had to adapt his goals and dreams too yeah um but you know we're it's all been for for the best and you look back now and you see why things have happened when they have um and yeah, I mean, now, obviously, I I did do the beauty. I set up my own business with that. But then, obviously, now, speaking about the hula hooping before, yeah. um, I then retra- I trained as a fitness instructor as well um, because the beauty wasn't really supplementing enough at the time. So I wanted something else. Um, okay, I was juggling a lot of balls. Um, <laughs> but fitness and dance was something that it was my passion. And obviously, if I could make a little bit of money out of that, that would be fab. 
And yeah, and then last year I, I gave up the beauty because it was too much juggling um, and just pursued the hula hooping because yeah. I mean, that's kind of now my main income. So yeah, I mean, yeah. that's kind of my story in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I love how diverse that story is and how when you look back on it now, which you probably didn't feel at the time when you were like getting made redundant and stuff. It's like, that's the universe conspiring for everything to fall into place the way it needs to fall into place so that you meet the people you need to meet and for the journey to go the way that it's meant to go. And I loved that you've explored all your curiosity, like your curiosities as well, like you wanted to do the pilot thing. So you did that and you explored it to a point where you felt happy and complete with it. And then you did the beauty and then the fitness instruction and then you gave up parts of it to take up other parts of it and it's just a nice flow do you find it hard to let go of those things like to make that transition from one to the other uh yes yeah it's all been hard I mean um that's still with me now you know a lot of my close friends fly they you know and I see all their pictures on social media of them in like these lovely hotels and you know and I think oh you know I I used to have that life (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, but you know, I'm, all I am is I'm just so grateful that I had that opportunity and I've done it and that I've seen all these places and I've experienced all of that. Um, and I was lucky enough to do it most of it before having the family. Um, but you know, it's still, it was still hard. It's still part of you feels, Oh, you know, like I want to get back to it sometimes, but actually, you know, no, I've that part of my life is now done um and then with the beauty as well it's been that's been quite hard because when I trained as a beauty therapist I set up um my own like beauty salon within my my family salon so my mum and sister um have a hair salon and then I brought beauty into that salon yep um, and obviously because of the family links but it was very very hard to um come away from it yep because always been pulled back and even now I you know I'd be on the phone to my mum or sister oh someone's come in and said that they've never found anyone like you to do their eyelashes <laughs> and it's like oh you know and then you feel like oh part of you like is tempted to go back to it because of the money you know and yeah. actually you've got the client base and everything but you think I don't know if going back to what you know sometimes you know do you think or oh, it's good to have it because it's there but I don't think going back is ever the answer. I think that part of your life ended for a reason. And, uh, you know, I I just, yeah, it's hard though. Like the transition is hard. Especially when you're hearing things like people saying, oh, I've never found anybody. This is good a beautician issue and things like that. And that's massaging your ego and you're like, oh, that's really nice. And if more people said that, then that would feel nice. So that can make it harder as well to step away Mm because I've been through similar sort of transitions myself as we were talking about before with like clients where you're like you have to move away but it's doing the right thing for you and the bigger bigger picture rather than the the immediate gratification of just having somebody say oh you're really good at that yeah it, yeah absolutely and I mean um for me when I was doing the beauty even though you know apps I loved it but, and it all kind of stemmed from working as cabin crew and and being in duty free all the time with makeup and you know uh, I was kind of immersed in that And so I I had a real passion for it, but it got to a point where I was almost resenting, uh, resenting my clients. And that's really bad because, you know, like if they were keeping me, you know, in business, but I was resenting going in. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to wax another pair of legs. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's the point, you know, 
don't you? You just know that that it's not meant for you anymore. Um, And thankfully, like with what I do now, I've I've never ever had a day where I feel like that. Yeah. I I don't. I think now with what I do, you know, yeah, we get hard days. I go to a club and teach sometimes, and you've got kids in there that are just misbehaving, and you think, oh, give me strength. But you know what? I still never feel like resentful about having to do it I think because because I'm in control of of now what I do before even though it was my own business I was still working kind of it was there it was part of my mum's salon um and I wasn't really in control of it um I don't I think that's sort of an element that that made me quite unhappy with it but now obviously I'm I feel completely in control of what I do and I know everything I do is is all down to my choices yeah um and so, so yeah, I, I, I do believe in, um, if, if, if you, you know, you like, I've been feeling for a while, should I go back and do a bit of beauty over the summer? Um, but then remembering how I was feeling <laughs> about it in the last year of doing it, yeah. I just think, no, do you know what? I, you kind of have to remember why it was that yeah. you doing something and actually juggling all the balls doesn't work. Um, you need to focus on that one thing at a time. And even the business I've got now, there's quite a lot to it. I mean, we have kids classes, adults classes, online programs, kids parties, workshops. We sell hoops. You know, we've got a lot to it. And now I'm like, "Mm, there's a lot. I need to focus perhaps, you know, one thing at a time with it. Because um, if not, then, you know, I know from mistakes I've made before that it it won't work otherwise. So. Exit. So if somebody was in that position that you had been in when you were in the beauty salon where you were starting to resent your your job, but it's not necessarily your clients because depending on what kind of job you were in, but where you were waking up in the morning thinking, oh my God, I've got to do this. And it just feels really painful to get up and go out to work. What would your advice to them be? Uh, well, so it's going to be hard because, you know, you, at the end of the day, you rely on a, an income and you, you can't just change it overnight because if you're relying on your income to pay your bills, it's not like you can just not go to work and that be it for the day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, you kind of got to do it, but you can start making small steps to change it, um, which is what I did. Like I didn't, it it took a transition of about a year and a half to leave the beauty and start full time with what I'm now doing. Um, So you have to realize that, you know, you can change it, but you probably got to be a little bit patient with it. Um, And, but know that you don't have to, you don't have to stick with it. Something if you're not enjoying it, you can change it, but just take those baby steps and start changing it and just keep with those baby steps. Um, And, you know, change it <laughs> I know it's simple but and I know it you know it, I think people... I think that it is really simple but people just get so caught up in the what ifs and all oh, this is what's happening they keep thinking about the big the end point rather than the small steps that they can take in between so when you were yes. going from the beauty to into more fitness did you gradually do that part-time like go part-time with the beauty and gradually just wean the hours down until eventually you had made the full transition over yeah yeah so I think you you start toughening up (laughs) uh, to you know the more you experience in life obviously the thicker your skin has to get really but um I I basically just started saying no to things so you know it, it got to a point with the beauty where I was there in the summer 
I'd be working from nine in the morning, sometimes till nine at night. Mm. Um, and I would just be coming home in tears and, and, you know, I, I really resent it. Um, so what I kind of then did is I kind of, <laughs> I, I just selected the clients that I, you know, which I had that nice rapport with. Um, and I just, I, I cut down the hours, um, I started inviting some of these clients to my home and I kind of kept those clients coming to the home and doing some appointments at the same time as trying to build up the other side of what I was doing, which was the fitness and the hula hooping. So I kind of made that transition very gradually by lowering my hours at the salon, bringing some clients to my home, um, obviously building up the hours with what, what else I was doing and just started gradually making that transition. And then it came to a point when I was just at, I was at that point yep. at that point where I wanted to be just by making that transition. Yep. So obviously it is a, it's going to be a transition. It's not going to be an overnight thing for a lot of people because like I say, if you're relying on a, an income, um, it's very hard to just suddenly <laughs> stop um you have to just make that transition gradually you know yep. i think that's what to it but yeah you've just got to make the first step haven't you yeah and deciding what it is that you want to do and gradually going there so when you found hula hooping had you sort of been through a process of trying other things and not fully enjoying them and then clicked with hula hooping is that what happened yeah so there is a bit of a story behind so globe fit um yep actually came about because originally it was going to be a dance fitness program based on um dancers from around the world fused into a fitness format um which all came about from um all of my years of traveling the world and experiencing other cultures so i brought that all together into a program which i created which was globe fit dance which as i say was all different dances from around the world fused into a fitness format um, and I put so much effort into this program and creating this program, which um, I put through reps endorsement. Um, I put out training course across the UK. Um, I went to loads of conventions. I spent probably thousands of pounds on plugging this thing, yep. um, which actually, um, even though, you know, I, I did believe in the product that I was offering, I there was something there that just didn't feel right with it. I didn't feel confident when I was teaching it. I didn't feel, um, I, I just, something just didn't feel right with it. Um, and then obviously I found the hula hooping on the side and I, I wasn't putting the focus on the hula hooping though. I was just doing that as a sideline and that hula hooping was almost funding the, it was carrying the other program through, which yeah. I was putting too much on, I think. Um, so I, I was basically, it was like just flogging something that just wasn't, it just wasn't working. I was spending out all this money and nothing was coming in from it. Um, it was being supplemented by all my other stuff. And um, I think I just came to a realization really. I was like, why am I not, pursuing, why am I not pursuing something that's working and actually something that I do really enjoy, which was the hooping. Um, and so the minute I started to then change that focus onto the hooping and kids as well, not so much adults fitness um it all just started working yeah (laughs) um and I felt a lot happier I felt like everything wasn't as much effort um everything felt easy I think because the hooping for me is I'm it's where I 
you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm very confident with it. I, you know, I'd be up on a stage trying to do like a dance fitness program and I'd be out of time with the music, you know, I'd be, I'd have other fitness instructors watching me. Oh my God, I'm mortified. I go home and think, oh, I've just embarrassed myself like so much. I'm, I'm basically, I'm rubbish at, you know, it's not, it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, like exercise to music for me and that qualification I found really hard. Um, you know, just, and that whole thing, it just wasn't me. I felt really not comfortable at all. Um, but then I stand up on stage inside my hoop and I'd be complete. I, I, it would just be different. I would just be feeling completely, you know, uh, just comfortable, confident, um, happy. And I was like, it's silly, isn't it? Why would why am I not just doing this? <laughs> why am I putting all the focus into this other thing that, you know, is not me really. Um, I think it was trying to be, I don't know what I was trying to be at the time, but not me. <laughs> um, I mean, now, like, as it stands, is the Glowfit program I've got, it's, it's all mainly hooping. I do have the dance side on it, but I've got dance teachers in now that do that, not yeah. me. <laughs> and that works. Yeah. Letting go of that little bit. Yeah. I, I've watched you doing the hooping, and obviously I did your online course, so I got to see you do it, and you look like you just go into this really almost meditative state. Like, you're really relaxed and just flow with it. And it's really beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. Have you got any like top tips of how to get into that state when you're hooping? Yeah, so I think um, it helps. Hooping helps because you've got a prop there. I think when you're doing something that doesn't involve a prop, like like dance or I don't know. I mean, um, I know a lot of people practice yoga and I've just recently started to get into yoga more. But I think a prop really helps distract you. Um, you've got something there that, you know, it's not, sometimes it's very hard to switch your mind off if it's just, um, obviously a prop is going to really help. Um, and, and it does with hooping. And I think because of the repetition as well, it's just a repeating uh, movement. Um, it, it will just switch your mind off to everything else that's happening because that's, it does when you're first starting, you're going to you require a lot of concentration for it. So it's very hard to think about anything else that's happening because you're just trying to think about keeping this hoop going and the repetition of it and the rhythm of it. Um, and I mean, that's obviously core hooping, but then there's a lot more to it, which is now, I mean, I, I do performing in, in the summer. I go to a lot of festivals and I do hoop dance and hoop flow. Um, and it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's a flow up, which, you know, you get with juggling, you get with uh, poi, if you've heard of poi. Um, I mean, it's, it's a flow. So I now, if I go and perform with a hoop, I don't even have a choreograph routine a lot of the time. It's just, I just let it flow. Yeah. Um, and it, and it does, it just, it just happens. <laughs> it just happens. But, um, I mean, like I say, I think a prop can help. Um, I think, you know, if you've got something to distract you, it's very hard to be thinking about anything else. So it, it you know, it's easier to get into that kind of state of, of zoning out. Yeah. And how long did it take for you to get from working with one hoop? Because I saw you the other day online working with three hoops at the one time. And I was like, shit, man, I can't even get this one. You work. <laughs> how long did it take you to get there? Um, so we did it five, six years. Um, to be honest, it's only been in the last, I mean, I, yeah, my youngest child is two. So um, obviously 
the year before that, I wasn't able to hoop much because I was yeah. pregnant. Um, so it's actually only been in the last year to two years that I've, I've really started focusing on trying to push my body more to be able to do more. Um, and I mean, just the focus, because I, I wasn't able to really focus in on, on it before because I had so many other things going on. Yeah. <laughs> and now I think I've, I'm making sure that I find time every day to practice. Um, and yeah, it, it's become a bit more of my focus. So I've, I've progressed a little bit quicker now. But yeah. I mean, it just depends how much time you're going to devote to something, doesn't it? Because it is just practice and it is just time. Yeah, yeah definitely. What would you say to listeners that are thinking that they're interested in hooping? What would do their sort of starting points and advice be? Because I know when I bought my hoop, I bought one of those weight, like quite weighted hoops and I found it really hard to deal with at the start. So what sort of advice if somebody was thinking of getting started would you give them? Um, so yeah, you can get hoops online. I mean, I do sell them. <laughs> there you go, little sales plug. Yeah. But you don't have to buy my hoops. You can just, uh, if you Google like a da- dance hoop, is the best thing to have. Uh, yeah, the weighted hoops. I mean, um, it depends what you want to do with it, really. I mean, if you're you only want to waist hoop, those weighted hoops are okay to do for say ten minutes at a time, but yeah. they are quite heavy and you can't really do any of the other moves with them. So dance hoops are your best bet because they're a little bit lighter. Um, and you can do a lot more of the other, like I say, the other moves with them. So even if you don't want to like do all the crazy circusy hoop stuff that I do, um, it's quite nice to be able to use one of the dance hoops to tone your arms or, you know, you can use it as well for hip hooping, which tones up your glutes as well. Um, so yeah, if you Google dance hoop, then just get started. Um, you know, you just need a little bit of space, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, if you can find just, hooping's great because all you need to find is 10 minutes a day for it, really. Once, yes. um, I mean, I know everyone's, oh, it's hard to find time, but you know, 10 minutes, if you can just write it down every day, um, like, and then tick it off as you go, then that kind of, when you're writing it down, makes you yeah. do it. I, um, but yeah, to get started, I mean, there are tutorials. I've got free tutorials on my YouTube channel as well, Globefit, so you can always pop on there and um, see some of my free tutorials on how to, how to start <laughs> waist hooping um it is quite simple once you get it it's all just down to rhythm and coordination which as adults a lot of us lose our coordination mm, yeah. so, um you know that's why kids find it so much easier but it's a skill because we don't practice it as much do we as adults really um yeah. and it but it's such an important skill to have i mean it really helps our brains as well as we get older um i think coordination is something that's really overlooked actually so who yeah. could it's brilliant for that. Yeah, and I think because of the way society's gone, where everything's remote controlled and voice controlled, we don't have to get up and put the telly on, so you don't have to get that hand-eye coordination needing to switch a TV on anymore, um, yeah. or, or put the lights on. You can ask Alexa or whatever her name is to do it for <laughs> you these days, and it's like it's a, a basic motor skill that we have that we now have to go and find other things to train ourselves to do it's the same thing we go to the gym or if we go out running or things like that it's because we don't walk anywhere we don't we don't do activities through the day because everything's so automated for us that we now need to go and find other things that retrain those skills in the human body and it's finding something that you connect with and you like with so that you want to practice it because yeah. you could have the tv on and just stand and do 10 minutes of it you don't have to make allocated time away from it because you can do it in the house. If you were going out for a walk, you could probably imagine um, take your hoop to the park with you and 
yeah get, get the kids involved and stuff like that yeah. and to all your kids obviously the two-year-old's probably a bit young but your kids all yeah hoop as well yeah yeah, they do. And actually, it's funny. My two-year-old does actually hoop. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's watched, so cool. Yeah, she's watched the other do it. And I yeah. think just, you know, like that age, they are like sponges. So they yeah. will take everything in and learn very quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, like you say, it's it's just um, time is, is very hard when you're an adult. And you've got so much going on. You're juggling yeah. so many balls. But at the same time, I think, time is what you make it do you know what I mean what's important mm. to you to find time for because yeah. um like you're telling me like people can't find 10 minutes a day for something that they enjoy doing like, you know if you want to do something you'll find the time for it won't you yes <laughs> but yeah finding something you enjoy I think I mean it's no good if you don't enjoy it do you know what I mean there's, yeah. there's that's pointless you've got to find something that you do enjoy I mean like hula hoop is not going to be for everyone of course it's not it'll be they might find something else that they enjoy be it yoga be it uh you know going for a little 10 minute run or a 10 minute walk whatever it is but you know 10 minutes maybe a little bit more but you know even 10 minutes if that's really all you can find time for like everyone can find that time yeah and I think <laughs> 10 minutes is a good place to start because it's that starting point and when you do it if you enjoy it you'll then want to go to stay doing it for longer and you'll find more time to do it for longer whereas if yeah. you say to somebody you've got to do half an hour or an hour of this every day they'll be like no that's that's too much time to find but 10 minutes yeah it's like a few ad breaks yeah, I think it's it's when it becomes a chore that obviously that's not a good thing. It shouldn't ever be a chore. That's the yeah. thing. I think it's, yeah, there's so many things in this world, aren't there? Like that you can pick to do that. You know, there's just we've got so much choice. Like there's going to be something for everyone. Yeah, definitely. There's so so much choice. So if you could go back and give your younger self some advice, what would that advice be? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, like a lot actually. You know, I've got a lot of a lot of good advice. Um, you know, I think when I was younger, as a you know, a lot of young people, not all because I've, I know some young people who are amazing, but um, you know, I think when you're young, often you have that sense of entitlement, don't you? Um, I was very much one of those. <laughs> um, you know, like uh, you just you you think that the rewards are all going to come to you there and then without putting hard work in. Mm. Um, and obviously I was one of those that thought that, but obviously found out that that was not the case. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had to seriously put the hard work in and now, you know, it is starting to pay off. Um, and I, I just wish like I could have known that a little bit more when I was younger. Yeah. Um, relationship wise, I've, you know, <laughs> been through the mill there. Um, I think, one thing I would have taught my younger self regards to relationships is um, had I known better at the time is to everything is what you build up to be in your mind. Um, I think, <laughs> uh, you know, I lost a lot of dignity in like one of my relationships. I, you know, obviously we all are in that. We, we've all been through that. <laughs> yeah. I think. <laughs> you've all sent those messages and said those things that you're like why did I do that why did I not walk away I mean it's a process I think that's something a lot of people have to go through to learn like if you don't go through it how will you ever know but having said that now looking back I I wish I'd kept a bit more dignity and I wish I could have just walked away and be like okay (laughs) because I know that you know now looking back 
everything happens when it's meant to and um you know being there's a lot to be said for um trying to be the best person i think yeah. <laughs> um yeah a lot of advice i wish i could have told myself but i'm glad i've I've been through it all because i have now learned (laughs) yeah and do you think that now that you can look back and see that everything happens when it was meant to happen and things like do you think that helps you now when when the shit's thrown at you that you go it's all right this is just something i need to get through yeah yeah absolutely and um you know, I, I used to work myself up into such a state about things. I, I'd be, you know, you do, don't you? Like when you're you're younger, I think everything seems such a big deal. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, it's really not. Like things have been put into perspective for me in the past few years. Um, my husband, you know, he's he's been through a lot of trauma in his life. He um, lost his dad when he was 15 um and then he lost his mum um a couple of years ago um she passed away very suddenly just before our daughter was born um which was completely unexpected and I think that kind of watching my husband I think has helped me because just seeing his strength through all he's been through in his life has put a lot into perspective for me so if I get upset about silly silly things and then I'm watching my husband still carrying on after what he's been through, still being yeah. a good dad, being a good husband, still pursuing all his dreams and ambitions when he could have, he, you know, he's got every reason to have, have fallen into a really deep, you know, dark depression from it all. And, and he didn't. Yeah. Um, it, it put a lot into perspective for me. So I think now, um, you know, little things that, you know, I don't, I just try not to, make a big deal of you know because they're really not <laughs> it's really not like a big deal <laughs> yep <laughs> um and for now like we've known each other just a very short time i'm trying to think when did we start september was it september we started in the office that was kind of the first time that we were introduced to each other through um through a phone and everything that you put out and everything that you come across with is so genuine and to me that's that's what a warrior woman is, is somebody who comes across as really genuine, follows their dreams, changes things when they need to change things and sticks to their values. And everything that I've seen you do totally encompasses all of that. So I want to thank you so much. As with all these podcasts, like um, I sit and we're chatting, 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 and then all of a sudden I look at the time and I'm like, that, oh my God, how is that time going by so fast? Like, we just fly in and there's so many more things that we could probably sit and chat about but I'm not sure yeah, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so podcasts, podcasts they recommend should sort of be 20 minutes to half an hour so that people want to to stay on and listen and we can always bring you back at another time and have another conversation about something else I want to thank yeah. you so much for your time oh, no, thank and you it's been brilliant and thank um, you for sharing your stories they're fascinating oh thank you <laughs> I love hearing about how people did this, 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 and then changed everything and did this, 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 and you're like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. Oh, no, thank you for having me, because um, it's nice. I, I, I do go on a bit. Sorry, I waffle. No, no I love I'm people that waffle. waffle. People who waffle always have something to say, 
and their message always comes out in those words so thank you so much so if people want to find out more about your online hooping classes or if they're listening to this and they're down in your neck of the woods what's the best way to, for them to find out information about that stuff and um, so if you i have a website which is globefoot.co.uk and yep. um, i will say i'm on facebook i I've got a couple of pages on Facebook. The main one for our hooping classes is um, if you look up Globefit Hula or if you type into your search bar, we've got facebook.com slash hula hoop school that will bring us up. And we're also on Instagram at Globefit and on Twitter. <laughs> cool. What we'll do is I'll put links to all of them in the show notes so that people can just click on them to find you if they didn't catch any of that. But yeah. Oh, thank you. Awesome. So thank you so much for your time and for being on the podcast. Oh no, thank you for having me. I think I've frozen on your screen. Oh, that's all right. <laughs>